What a great day to be in God's house. Amen. I do want to say for those of you that are here, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, we seriously are thrilled that you have joined us today. I know that some of you came because uh, a friend, a coworker, uh, maybe an enemy convinced you to be here this morning. And uh, I, whatever they had to do to, uh, to encourage you, uh, to invite you, to challenge you, uh, to beg you, to coerce you to be here, let me tell you, by the end of the day, I'm convinced that you're going to thank them. Uh, because you have picked a great day to be at Calvary. First of all, it's Resurrection Sunday. It's the day that we celebrate the most amazing thing that happened in all of history. Secondly, we're beginning a, a new journey here at Calvary this, th th this Sunday. We're starting a new series called Wow. And, uh, and so I, I, you're going you're to be glad that you're here today, but you're not just going to want to be here today. You're going to want to join us for the next six weeks as we look at some of the wow statements that Jesus made. There, there, are these, there are these statements, right, that, that somewhat transcend time, just, just powerful statements. And sometimes they come from history, statements like, like Gandhi's comment that you cannot shake a hand with a clenched fist. It's a powerful quote. Sometimes it, it comes from, from movies. One of my favorites is this, stupid is as stupid does. Amen? Come on. One of the greatest philosophers of all time was Forrest Gump. He taught us, life is like a box of chocolates. And that's true. Can I tell you something? In my world, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know who's already taken a bite out of one of them. I know that's a little, little twist on his quote, but one of my... Uh, one of my favorites comes from the movie Shawshank Redemption, where Morgan Freeman's character said this. He said, you've got to get busy living or get busy dying. It, 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 it resonates with a, a quote that, that is, I consider this to be my life quote. This one comes from politics, and it's this. Destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. That the choices that you make determine your destiny. I believe that to be true. Just like your, your decision to be here today. It influences, it impacts your destiny. Make no mistake, God has a design for your life, and God has a destiny for you. And, and here's what His Word says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and, and not to harm you, plans to give you a, a future and a hope. I've got a question for you. How many of you have been in church before? Raise your hand. Okay. Most of you. Okay. Most of you that are participating, some of you are sitting there going, I'm not going to raise my hand. Look, I came to see him do something. I didn't come here to, to put on a show for this guy. Right? How many of you have been to church on Easter before? Raise your hand. Okay. If, 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 if this is your first time in church, this is your first time church on Easter, we really are thrilled that you're here. But we've all been to church, on, a good percentage of us, we've been to church on Easter, right? And we, we've, we've heard the Easter sermon over and over and over again. I, I want to... I want to hopefully this morning, I, I, want to, I want to broaden your horizon a little bit, and I want, I want to challenge it. If you've, if you've got a Bible with you or an electronic device where you can pull up a Bible, I want you to turn to close to the back of the Bible, the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter. And 1 Peter says this, in 1 Peter chapter 1, it says this, starting in verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth 
into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, that's the reason why Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday is so important to us. It's the reason why we make a big deal about it. It's the reason why we celebrate. Because in what Jesus did, it gives us this opportunity for a fresh start. And not only an opportunity for a fresh start, but it gives us this living hope, right? This alive hope, this genuine hope because of what Jesus did. So what is it that He did? Well, to, to understand that, to embrace it, we have to look at this wow statement. And what is the wow statement? When Jesus hung on the cross, He made seven different statements. But the shortest is the most significant. In my opinion, it is of all the quotes in all time, it is the most significant quote. It is the most impressive quote. And here's what it tells us. It tells us in, 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 in the book of John, in, in kind of at the beginning of the New Testament of the Bible, a little bit more than halfway through the, the, the book, the Bible. It, it tells us this, that as Jesus hung on the cross, knowing that everything had been completed, knowing that everything had been, been fulfilled, He said this, it is finished. Powerful statement. Sometimes, though, and, and, and those, those who are here this morning, those who are, who are watching via media this morning that, um, that speak more than one language, you know this, that there, there are some times that, that you want to say something in your heart language, right? And, and, and you, need to, you need to say it in a different language, and you go, it, it, there just isn't a good way to translate it, right? Those of you that are bilingual, you've had that moment, true, where you're trying to explain something, and you go… In, in, my, in my language, there, there's a word for it, but, but in, in English, there isn't a word for it. And, and while, this, while this word, while the statement, it is finished, that really is pretty powerful in the English language, right? Done. What I love, though, is this. In, in the word, the actual word that Jesus spoke on the cross, in that moment, Jesus spoke mainly in two languages. He spoke, spoke in Aramaic and he spoke in Greek. And, and at that point in the cross, Jesus is actually speaking in Greek. And what he says is one word. And that one word is this, tetelestai. 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 I want you to say that with me. You ready on the count of three? One, two, three. Tetelestai. That's what Jesus said. He said, tetelestai. And in that setting, to say that, to tell us die, it really is. It's like going, done, boom, mic drop. It's, it is the most significant statement that anyone could make. Because not only, listen, not only does it mean finished, it means finished forever. Forever. It, it is, in, in Jesus' day, right, if you, if you had a bill that you owed, and you, and you finished paying that bill. They would stamp on that bill to telestai. It's complete. You don't owe anything more. It, uh, a, an artist, an artist, if an artist was, 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 was molding a sculpture, or, or if an artist was painting a painting, and they, they, would, they would work at it, right? And, and they would shape it, they would fashion it, they would form it. And then, 
And then they would get to that point where they, they're just putting the final touches on it. And then they would step back and they would look at it. And when it was complete, they would say, to tell us that. It's finished. It's perfect. Everything has been accomplished. Everything has been paid. Everything that needs to be established is established. It is finished. But it doesn't just mean it is finished. You see, this, this language that Jesus is speaking in that, that's, that's different than ours, that this Greek that Jesus is speaking, the way that a word is spoken is also significant, the tense of the word, right? And so when Jesus says to telestai, it is, it is both complete and the way that he uses the word means this. It is complete and ongoing. It will always be complete. Now that's significant for you and I. Because the, what it means is that it means this. When Jesus says it is finished at that point on the cross, it, that, that word, it still echoes today. It still resonates today. It still applies to you and me today. That's a big deal. Let me tell you why that's a big deal. Because if you've been around in this church environment or, uh, uh, at all, if you've been in this church culture at all, you've heard things said, and even things said, even in Easter sermons, that were well-intentioned, but just not true. I remember when I was a, when I was a, a little, little kid, I, I went to church. My family, we weren't, we weren't real active churchgoers. We, we really went occasionally. In fact, my parents, I, I, I can only remember ever seeing my father in church one time. And, uh, and I, I think I only saw my, my, my birth mother in church one time as well. But, but they, would, they would send the children from time to time, right? My, my parents didn't go to church, but they did like the idea of their children going to church. And so we were church bus kids. And we, we, we would go to church, and, uh, and I, would, I would go on the church bus on Sunday morning, and then I would, sometimes I would walk to the pastor's house, and he had a son the same age as me, and I would, I would ride with them to church on a Sunday evening. And, and I remember one particular Sunday evening, I was, I was sitting in church, and I was, I was sitting in the front row. Now, I wasn't sitting in the front row because I was a, 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 you know, this stellar, you know, angelic child, I was sitting in the front row because I was a, I was a troublesome second grader, uh, and the pastor put me on the front row that way he could watch me. Right? And so I'm sitting on the front row, and, 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 and that, particular, that particular Sunday, they had a guest speaker, and I, I remember the guest speaker make, making this statement, and this is what he said. He said, when you sin, God hates you. And it, it echoed through that auditorium. It wasn't the size of this. It was a small auditorium, but, but still those words echoed. When, when you sin, God hates you. And in my, my, naive, my naive little mind accepted that statement as true. I, I'd heard this. I'd heard this issue that, that sin separates me from God, right? That's one, of those, that's one of those great theological statements that you'll hear all the time, that sin separates you from God. In fact, there are some of you here right now, even this conversation is causing you to squirm in your seat a little bit. It's okay, I promise you. I got you. 
Because we all know and we all understand our, our faults, our failures, our imperfection. You, you have them and so do I. Right? In fact, the Bible says this. It says, confess your, sins, confess your sins one to another. So just go ahead and tell the person next to you your deepest, darkest secrets right now. Go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> okay. Right? But even the idea of that, you must go, uh, Pastor, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know this person. Or maybe I know this person too well. I don't want them knowing my stuff. Because they can't even keep their own secrets. <laughs> but this idea that sin separates us from God is absolutely untrue. Because here's the fascinating thing about this guy, Jesus. You know what Jesus did? Jesus got real close to sinners. So much so that in his day, the religious people had real problem with that, right? They made accusations against him because Jesus loved to hang out with people like you and like me. Jesus loved to hang out with imperfect people. And he never said to them, look, I'm hanging out with you, but if you want me to continue to hang out with you, you've got to become perfect. He never said that. He just hung out with them. Now, along the way, he, he did talk to them about this plan that God has for them and the heart that God has for them and, and the life that he's called them to. That, that there was something there was something greater available to them. It, it was this. It was being members of God's family. It was being citizens in God's kingdom. Like Jesus talked about it over and over again. He said the kingdom of, kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. Even his, even his very first recorded message, his very first recorded public speaking deal, sermon, if you'll allow me to use that term. Jesus starts and he says this, blessed are they, happy are they, fulfilled are they. And here's what he said. He said, blessed are the poor. Th those, those who feel like they, like they, like they don't have anything to bring. They don't have anything to contribute. They don't, they don't have anything to, to, to give. They don't have anything to invest. Because it's not about that. And, and that's, not what, that's not what Jesus is about. B blessed are they, happy are they, fulfilled are they, contented are they that, that mourn. Those who seem to be carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, those who, whose, whose life has them stressed out at the point of panic, even at the point of almost giving in, those who cry more than they laughed. Here's what Jesus said, I've got you. Blessed are the, or the meek. That's a, it's a powerful statement, and, and it can be, it can be that, that, that phrase can be interpreted several ways. Blessed are those who tempered, 
But also, those who, in the moment, don't have a voice. And here's what, here's what Jesus does in his first ever recorded message. He makes a statement. He says that God's circle of love includes you. That God's opportunity for family includes you. That God's opportunity for relationship, that it includes you. That it includes me. And it, it includes us like right as we are. So make no mistake that your sin doesn't separate you from God. Because God gets really close to sinners. In fact, oftentimes it's, it's in our darkest hours, in our stupidest moments, where we sense the tug of God, where we where we feel the heart of God. And that's, that's what Jesus came to do. That's, what Je- that's why Jesus, that's why God himself became man, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross. That's what Jesus came to do, was to take care of those issues in our life, to set us free from the penalty of sin, to to reposition us properly for this preferred destiny that God has for us. And so, when Jesus says, to Telestai, here's what he's saying, I got you covered. I've taken care of it. It's all good. You are paid for. You are redeemed. My plan is in place. It's done. I'm out. I'll see you in three days. Right? By the way, Jesus didn't have to even rise from the dead for the job to be done. It was done at that point that he breathed his last. And make no mistake, wow, that was a huge moment. Because here's, here's the thing. Not only does Jesus say to Telestai, here's what he does. He says to Telestai, he breathes his last earthly breath. And when he does, the ground violently shakes. Right? Scripture tells us this, that even some of the graves in Jerusalem opened up and dead people started walking around. Now, here's the thing. We know that that's that's quite possible. How do we know that? Because Jesus just, not too long earlier, he, He called Lazarus from the grave, right? Called Lazarus out of the grave. Listen, when, when Jesus, when Jesus breathed His last and then rose again, it's, it's no wonder, right? It's no wonder that all these people that were following Jesus, why they continued to declare the good news of a mighty king, a victorious God, and a risen Savior. In fact, I think one of the coolest things of this story is one of the people who really struggled with who Jesus was, was his, his half-brother. See, Jesus was, Jesus was the Son of God 
His mother Mary, Jesus was conceived in Mary while Mary was still yet a virgin, right? And so, uh, so, so Mary and Joseph, they, 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 were, they, were, they were blessed to be those who were responsible to, to nurture Jesus, this one that would ultimately be our Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. But we also know this. We know that, that once Jesus was born, that, that Mary and Joseph had other children, right? And one of those, Jesus' Jesus' younger brother, his half-brother, James, can you imagine growing up with Jesus as your older brother? Right? How many of, how many of you here, you have an older brother anyway? Okay? Now, you put your hand down. How many of you, your older brother, your parents thought your older brother was perfect and you had to live up to their, to, to their reputation? Okay? Your older brother is not Jesus. He might think he is. Right? And you might be in church today with your older brother, and you can look at him. It's okay. You can look at him. At some point during the day today, you can go, listen, the pastor told me to tell me, dude, you are not Jesus. Right? You might be the devil, but you're not Jesus. So, it, it, we can understand why, why James would struggle with the idea that Jesus is the Messiah. And he's not mentioned anywhere in the gospel story, but we know this. We know that after Jesus died and then rose from the dead, that James became a Christ follower. Can you imagine that moment where he goes, oh my goodness, I made fun of Jesus. I picked on Jesus. I'm thinking of all the pranks that I pulled on Jesus and oh my goodness, I short-sheeted the Messiah's bed. Right? I mean, I, I don't know if he actually did, but can you imagine just, I mean, just that, that epiphany, that realization, like, oh my goodness. Listen, I tell you what, I am super glad for grace. Jesus pays the price, and he says to Telestai, it is finished. And just, just as an exclamation point, just, just in case you're not convinced, he says, watch this. And early on the third day, and by the way, let me, for, for some of you that are here that are skeptics and, um, and you go, you know what, the Bible, the Bible says this, but the Bible doesn't make sense because the Bible says that Jesus was going to be, Jesus said that he was going to be uh, uh, in the grave for three days. And Jesus, if, if you follow the timeline, Jesus wasn't in the grave for three days, okay? Because here's the thing, Jesus supposedly died late in the day on Friday. Jesus died at three o'clock on Friday, okay? He's in the tomb Saturday. Early Sunday morning, he's not in the tomb, he, by my math, he was in there less than 48 hours. And, and I can understand that. In our kind of our, our modern way, English way of thinking about days, we think about days in 24-hour time periods. But in Jesus' culture, here's the thing. Jesus is in the tomb on Friday. He's in the tomb on Saturday. He's in the tomb on Sunday. And listen, just from my perspective, if I'm the guy that's going in the tomb and I say I'm going to go in on, on three days, I'm going to spend as little time as I can on Friday and I'm going to spend as little time as I can on Sunday. Right? <laughs> 
But make no mistake, he's in the tomb Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, he is out. This is the reason why Peter writes for, in 1 Peter chapter 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into this inheritance that can never, spare, never, can never perish, spoil, or fade. So I want to give you four things real quick, okay? In, in, in what Jesus did, if we look here in 1 Peter chapter 1, here are four things that we can take, kind of take-homes, that we can take with us today. Notice this. In the finished work of Jesus, we don't have to be afraid, right? It tells us this. It says, in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. He's got this. To tell us die. It is finished, complete, done. It is amazing, isn't it, how much our life is motivated by more than motivated by how much our life is controlled by fear. And we really are. We're a, we are a fear-based culture. And you know what that does? More than anything, the emotion of fear, it, it paralyzes our potential. It sabotages our success, and it ruins our relationships. Let me say that again. More than anything, what fear does is it paralyzes our potential. It sabotages our success, and it ruins our relationships. Over and over again, we find this statement in Scripture, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. And we don't have to live our lives in fear. We don't have to live our lives in anxiety. Why? Because Jesus said to Telestai, I've got it. I've taken care of it. It's complete. Your bill is paid. The plan that I have, it's perfect. It's complete. See, in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. We also, we can breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Why? Because He has us. We have an eternal destiny. It tells us this. In First Peter, it says that, that this living hope that He's given us, that it can never perish, never spoil, never fade. Okay? It doesn't lessen. It doesn't fade. It doesn't spoil. It, it doesn't go bad. It doesn't perish. It, it does not die. Right? We, we've had promises and things in our life that they were for a season and then they're gone. That's not the way with what Jesus offers to you. We, we've, had these, we've had these moments in life where, where something was really wonderful and now not so much. Right? And we all know that. Times change, seasons change. There are things that were phenomenal that now and maybe not so much. That leisure suit that still hangs in your closet, never coming back. We've seen, we've seen beautiful works of art that, that they just, over time, they, they fade. One time I was, I was reading the Scripture and thinking about this issue of perish, spoil, fade, and and the image that popped into my mind was the, the coastline of Havana, Cuba. 
If you've not had the opportunity to be there, it, it's, it's, it's almost mesmerizing. There along the Malacom, along, right, around, right along the seawall there in Havana, you can see the grandeur that used to be in Havana. But those buildings haven't been touched. They haven't been taken care of in, in 60 years. And the, and the beauty has, well, in many ways it's faded. And, and, and you look at it and you go, wow, this, this used to be something spectacular. There, there, are, there are some of you that are here this morning, there, there are some that are, that are watching via media this morning, that, that your, your experience with God, even your connection with the church, that it used to be something spectacular. And somehow the enemy has convinced you that, that it has faded, that it's not the same, or, or it convinced you that it is spoiled, that that, that which once was once good, now not so much. That, that which was alive is no longer. I have amazing news for you. Are you ready? To tell us that. It is complete. It is finished. And it will always be complete. And it will always be finished. It will never perish, spoil, or fade. Let me tell you something on a practical level. Are you ready? I am so glad that you're here today, whether live or via, via media, because let me, let me tell you something that I love is this, as the church that you remembered as a kid is still alive and well, and God is still doing amazing things, and it's time for you to reconnect. Because what God has given you, He's given you new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and into an inheritance, into a life, into a destiny that can never perish spoil or fade. And here's what that means. It means this. It means that we can be confident even when life isn't working real well, right? A a few verses later, it says this in verse 6. It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. We know this. We know that life happens. By the way, this handbook for life that God has given us, the Bible, it tells us that, that stuff happens, all right? The life really is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And sometimes it's half-eaten maple. Ugh. What? This is not what I wanted when I opened the box. This is not what I wanted when I started my day. God, where are you? And he says, just, just breathe. I've got you. And here's what you can be confident of, that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. See, God has a plan, because here's what it says in His Word. It says, in, in, in all this, we, we greatly rejoice, though for now, for a little while, we may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of our faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, that it may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. See, I don't have to be afraid because I know that God's got me. I know I have a destiny. I can be confident even in crisis because God has this wonderful plan. Yeah. And see, for you, you might think that you're here today because, well, it's Easter and you felt obligated to be in church. You might think that you're here today 
because you decided it's the only way to get this coworker off your back. Right? You might be here today. Because deep down inside, you're looking for something. So you thought, I'll check this out. In reality, you're here today because God ordained it. Because God planned it. And here's what he wanted you to hear. Are you ready for this? If you get nothing else out of your time with us this morning, get this. God wanted you to hear tetelestai. He wanted you to learn a new vocabulary word, tetelestai. God, I'm, I'm struggling in my job, tetelestai. God, uh, I filled out my income tax return and I've already been notified by the IRS that I'm being audited, tetelestai. God, the doctor's diagnosis isn't that great to tell us that. God, I've got to tell 50 employees that in 30 days, they no longer have a job to tell us that. God, I just found out that I'm among 50 employees that in 30 days won't have a job to tell us that. God, we just got the news that we're going to be parents. And I'm excited and yet freaked out. I've wanted to be a mom, but now this, this thing's real. To tell us that. God, my, my wife just told me we're having a baby. I, I thought we were going to wait. And I, God, I don't know whether to be excited or whether to be panicked to tell us that. See, God has this great plan for you. And no matter where you're at in your experience with him or your connection with him, understand this, that God's not far from you. He's up real close. Well, pastor, but you don't understand. You don't understand what's currently going on in my life. You don't understand the amount of bad things that I'm doing. Yeah, I do more than you realize. And you know what? God's good with that. I love the fact that when Jesus hung on the cross, that he turned and said to a thief that hadn't done any good thing except to go, I think this guy's legit. And Jesus said this to him, today you will be with me in paradise. I think it's fitting that when Jesus hung on a cross, that he hung between two thieves. Why? Because those were the types of people that Jesus hung out with all the time. So make no mistake, friend, wherever you're at in life, that God is close to you and wants to hang out with you. And let me go a step further. You fit among his people. You fit hanging out in his house. It is finished. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. 
To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.